Welcome to More, the podcast where Debbie will explore real-life applicable ways to get more out of your life. And here's Debbie. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Here I am, another week behind, but I'm dedicating myself to doing this podcast, even though I get a little bit behind. I would say that next to December, May is the busiest month of the year, it seems, and there's been a lot going on, and I just have not been able to get the podcast up and running, but I'm doing it today, and I'm so excited about it. And we are finishing the last chapter in the Happiness Advantage, and it's a great chapter, and there's a lot of things um, that are important in it. This last chapter, it's called Part 3, is called The Ripple Effect, and the beginning of the chapter, he says that most people hear all of these things in this book and they think that it's super helpful for them, but they also think, oh, wow, this would be great for so-and-so around me. My husband should look read this book. My colleague should read this book. I need to share this book with my child, etc., 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 right? And so often we think, we think that this information is great for us, but even better for the person next to us. And it's funny. It's true because I bought this book for my son. And I mean, we just do that. We share things that we think are valuable with other people. So, but he says that the person that we have the greatest power to change is ourselves and that we need to really focus on really making changes in ourselves and not worrying about other people. Aker says that um, the more that we capitalize on the happiness advantage in our own selves, the more we can impact the lives of the people around us. And that so much of our behavior is literally contagious. He says that our attitudes and behaviors don't only infect the people we interact with daily, directly, like our colleagues and our families and our friends, um, but that it spreads to all of the people around us. And so he says, when you use these principles to make positive changes in your own life, you are unconsciously shaping the behavior of an incredible number of people. And I totally think this is true. I 100% believe it. I know that like with my colleague that I work with on a day-to-day basis, if I come in and I'm grumpy about a scenario that happened at school with students or with colleagues or parents or anything, if I have some kind of a negative attitude, she immediately takes that attitude on. I've seen it happen. And I've seen how easily I can spread an, a negative or a pod- positive attitude towards her. Acre does this experiment with um, many audiences that he speaks to. And he says, you know, he works with a lot of s- disciplined people, people who are successful, who know how to control their lives, who know how to be accomplished. And he says... You're so successful in this room today. He says, I want you to take all of that self-discipline that you've been cultivating for the past couple of decades and do the following. And he says, for the next seven seconds, no matter what your partner says or does, I want you to show absolutely no emotion whatsoever, no reactions, nothing. 
Don't get angry, sad, frustrated. Don't smile or laugh. Just be completely blank. Show no emotion, no matter what, for only seven seconds. And then he puts him with a partner. And the partner is supposed to look the person in the eyes and smile genuinely at them. He says that he has done this experiment hundreds of timings, times, hundreds of times in all kinds of settings across the world. And the majority of people, 80 to 85% of the people cannot stop themselves from smiling back. Even though they were told for seven seconds, all you have to do is show no emotion. They cannot, he says, 85% of the people cannot stop themselves from smiling back at the person that smiled towards them. And he said, if you think about this, it's really pretty incredible. After all, if these people have the self-discipline and focus to work 10 to 16 hour days, lead huge world teams, manage multi-million dollar projects, Certainly, these people can handle a simple task as controlling their facial expression for only seven seconds, right? But the fact is, he says, they cannot because something's going on in their brains that they aren't consciously aware of. And this mysterious force is the ripple effect, hence the name of this chapter in this part. He says that as we pass through every day, our brains are constantly processing the feelings of the people around us, Um, taking note of the inflection in someone's voice or the look in their eyes or the stoop in their shoulders. He says, in fact, the amygdala, which is one of our brain sensors, can read and identify an emotion in another person's face within 33 milliseconds and then just as quickly prime us to feel the same as though as how they're feeling. He says that even when three strangers meet in a room, the most emotionally expressive person transmits his or her mood to the others within just two minutes. Let me tell you about something that happened to me today. I was playing pickleball with some people and one lady was being kind of, you know, obnoxious and difficult and challenging and just really, really frustrating. And I, um, she was like calling the shots, like if the ball lands in or out of the court, let's just say that if you're on one side and the ball's on your side, pickleball, um, etiquette, pickleball etiquette says that whoever's side it lands on, they're supposed to call it. And she was calling the shots from clear across the court and arguing what we were calling And I quickly became a little bit frustrated. And the partner that I was playing with, he did not even bat an eye at what she was doing. Not even at all. She, he didn't care a lick what she was doing. And I was like getting all worked up and he just like went on and like completely ignored it. And you know what? Suddenly, I ignored it too. I just thought, what the heck? It doesn't even matter. Like, I just moved on because he moved on. However, had he been all upset too, we would have worked ourselves into a big frenzy, which really wouldn't have mattered, right? But I could see it happening in just today's experience. So we really do take on somebody else's positive or negative emotions 
very easily and very quickly. I was super grateful to be playing with the partner that I was playing with because, you know, it was just such an example of, of not letting something bother you. So negative emotions can be contagious and so can positive emotions can be contagious. And he talks about how smiling tricks your brain into thinking you're happy. So it starts producing the neurochemicals that actually do make you happy. And they call it um, facial feedback hypothesis in science. And, you know, the, the, the layman's terms or the terms that people know that you hear all the time is fake it till you make it. And he says that even though it's better to really be positive, that, that if you're really authentically, genuinely positive, it will trump a fake counterpart. Or if you're pretending that real positivity is better than faking it. But he says there is significant evidence that changing your behavior first even your facial expression and posture can dictate your emotional change. So the happier everybody is around you, the happier, happier you'll become. This is why when we laugh more at a funny movie, we laugh more at a funny movie when we're in a theater full of laughing people. And why TV shows, comedies will have a, a laugh track in the background like I love Friends. And honestly, there's so much laughing in the background of friends. You hear it constantly. And so the more um, laughter that we hear, then it's contagious. And again, my colleague, we went to a movie and she was just laughing and laughing and laughing. And it just made the movie so much more fun for me. And I've noticed that this this girl that I work with is very happy and upbeat and just really loves life. And so it's just interesting to see how her attitude is extremely contagious among all of the people that were, we all work together. So then there was this study and they had this group of people who were assigned some task and he, and they were secretly, there was one of the people in the group that was really supposed to be extremely positive. So then they videotaped the proceedings and them doing this task that they were supposed to do. And they tracked the emotions of all the team members before and after the session and during the sessions. And he says the results were remarkable. When the po really super positive team member entered the meeting, his mood became instantly contagious, traveling around the room and infecting those around him. And his positive mood improved each individual team's team member's performance, as well as their ability to accomplish the task that they were asked to do as a group. The teams that had this one person that was supposed to be really positive experienced less group conflict and more cooperation and greater performance in the task. So even just one positive team member, one person using the happiness advantage can affect individual attitudes and performance of the group as well. So I, I can see that this can happen in marriages. I know sometimes if I get frustrated with my husband and I become grumpy, he becomes grumpy. And, um, you know, and vice versa. 
So I've seen this happen in my own life so much that my mood or my behavior can truly affect the behavior of the people around you. And I think he said this in the last chapter, but he said one way to build rapport um, and extend this positive influence with people around you is to have a genuine eye contact with other people that it makes, um, it really helps mirror the emotions with that genuine eye contact. And to contrast that, have you ever sat around an unsmiling or anxious boss or teacher or parent for a long time, someone who's really grumpy, you start to feel sad or stressed or upset regardless of how you started feeling. And I see this in my classroom so much. I see it so much. Kids become, they learn to value what I value. They mirror the the things that I value. So I value hard work. I value gratitude. I, um, I love math. Um, and so it's funny how math can, I should do, I should do a, um, a before and after how many people think math is their favorite subject at the beginning of the year and how many people think math is their favorite subject at the end of the year, because I love it so much. Right. And like my positivity spreads. Um, it would be interesting to see, but I do see kids who value, they become, they come valuing, they start to value the things that I value, hard work and determination and grit and gratitude and all of the things that um, I try so hard to teach in my classroom. It's interesting. I just got an award and it was like such a, such a surprise. I had no idea, but it was a teacher of resilience because I work so hard to teach kids to have this positive attitude, this resilience. And somehow, somewhere, the ripple effect happened because I had no idea that this award existed. And somehow the parents nominated me and I, I got this award. And so, you know, this positivity, this energy flows within you and it spreads and you can change attitudes and help people in so many great ways. And in the relationships that you have in your families, if you'll work at this, and I really, I really need to do more of this, like the fake it till you make it smile anyway. Um, cause I could do this so much better at home with this, with my husband. I mean, I know that I could do better at this at home with this. So he says that leading by example is no longer an empty mantra or a, a way of, you know, showing that, that it means something that leading by example actually means something. It's not just pointless information. And he says that each tiny move, tiny, small move towards a more positive mindset can send ripples of positivity through our organizations, our families, and our communities. And we never can really know the true extent of our potential. The ripple effect is the perfect example of how there are no real discernible limits to our influence and our power. I've seen it in my job. I've seen it with children. I've seen it in 
so many experiences in my life. And if I can see it, why can't I always do it? It's just, it's a matter of listening, reminding us of ourselves over and over again, writing down this information on cards, carrying them with you, three by five cards, remembering this information and capitalizing on it. And how many times have I said the quote, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Totally true. The ripple effect. It has so much power. These principles are powerful and can make a difference in your lives. I hope that you're seeing it. I hope that you're sharing it. I love to see um, changes in growth in people and my students and myself and my neighbors and my colleagues and just people that I'm around. So powerful. And now I'm going to tell you about the book that we're going to read next. It's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money by David Cameron Gikondi. And I tried to look up how you say his name, and I hope that I'm saying it correctly, Gikondi. Anyway, um, so I just want to let you know that I read this book a couple of years ago, and I thought it was amazing. So... If you're interested in learning how to gain wealth, um, maybe that this book is good for you, but I just want you to know that this book is not about, it says right below infinite wealth and abundance in the here and now, but honestly, I did not feel like this book was all about getting money. Like, um, there is, there was so much to this book. I loved it so much, um, and I just think it's a great book to put into the podcast. So please give it a try. Don't excuse it because of the name of the, bo- of the book. It's so powerful. And I was just looking at a review that somebody gave. And he said, I had read two books in my life that have changed me immensely. And this was one of the books. So I'm excited to give it to start it and there's some interesting things in it and it's so powerful so I hope you'll give it a shot and that's what we're going to do in the next podcast we're going to start with a happy pocket full of Monday by David Cameron Gikondi so I hope you all have a great beginning of summer if you're in the northern hemisphere and if you're in the southern hemisphere I think you're approaching winter and maybe your winters I don't know how strong your winter is I am in the Northern Hemisphere, and we are approaching summer. Favorite time of the year for me. Well, weather-wise, but I do love being in my job, and I have one more week. Well, this is the last week of school for me. By the time this this podcast publishes, I will be done with school. And that's a little sad for me because I love my job. But I am excited to um, just move to the next thing and I'll have school again next year. And this year has been incredible. And I just hope that you guys are excited about this podcast and this next book. And thank you for listening. Um, the number of listeners has just gone up so high. We're almost to a hundred, a hundred podcast number a hundred. I think I need to try and remember when it is so that I can declare that we've had a hundred podcasts. That's a lot. 
and I'm pretty excited about it. So thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great week and I'm excited for the next book. So we'll see you. Bye. Bye.